Mr. Pop. This is the music they played while you're waiting for a hot air balloon, not for an aeroplane. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. And the sign says, long-haired freaky people need not apply. So I tucked all my hair up under my hat and I went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine, upstanding young man. I think you'll do. So I took off my hat and said, imagine that, me working for you. That is a a nice way to start the program because that is the lyrics of one of the songs from the chart that we're doing this week as we head to 1972. Welcome to Rock and Roll. I'm Kevin Hillier. Uh, And the sign says, this man's name is Brian Mannix. That is a great song, Kev, and um, depending it. on what you and Finey come up with, will be in my top three, but if one of you guys has it, I'll pick something else. But no, no, I reckon you should just go with whatever your top three is, just pick them and go with it, and if you're gazumped, well, you're gazumped, because you've probably got, you've got well, your own reasons for picking it anyway. Well, I, yeah, but um, I tell you what, though, it was a really great chart this week. Um, I, I found it really hard to find bad songs. You know, even you know, there's a few mediocre ones, but I, I, I worked really hard to find the bad ones, and I've probably got 15 that could be in my top three. And um, But I did find uh, the two biggest stinkers mm. in the chart, and I would be surprised if all of us don't have the same song as number one for the worst. But anyway, we'll find that okay, out a we'll find bit out. later. Well, let's welcome back Mark Fine. Hello, Finey, Finus Erectus. Lovely to see you. Great to be back. Good to see that uh, against you know all odds, we're still podcasting. I guess I guess it's the lack of it's the lack of sort of a a, a policing of podcasts. It's it's the um, unfettered nature of broadcasting through podcasts. Because if we tried this on any official broadcast medium, we'd be long buried. You're probably right. Uh, yes, uh, I think we'd be number one because <laughs> official podcasting is a shit. It's the fact that we swear and talk about shit in the gutter that makes us unique. Well, maybe not, <laughs> but that's my feeling. Uh, we will be doing Finey's uh, uh, fascinating sporting fables uh, that will be returning. So I hope you're ready for that, Finey. I know you've had a week off, but he's no he's no more dead this week than he was. Three weeks ago, when we were going to, do I was it. worried. I was worried if we wait long enough, he'd come back to life. <laughs> There's probably more more chance of that than anything else. Now, I want to mention uh, right at the top of the show, uh, Mr. Mannix's birthday on the weekend, which has just passed. Not Mr. Mannix, yeah. the birthday. Fortunately, yeah. Well, um, born in 1961, turned 61. A bit of a Ooh. spooky kind of number thing. Um, but, yeah, look, I partied too big on the Thursday night and I had such a hangover and I felt terrible all day. Um, I got up, my kids rang me at 9.30, thinking it was 10.30, and um, then I felt so crook I had to go back to bed till midday, but I felt shit ass all day on my birthday. But that's okay because I've had 60 other birthdays, so it's, you know, it, it loses it's impact a little bit after 60 birthdays. Oh, yeah, it's a birthday. Who cares? Um, but, yeah, I had a good day. So, um, you know, thank you both for your kind birthday message. Oh, that's right. Neither of you sent me one. Thank I did you. so, you lying hand. It's on Facebook. You can, you can oh, look it up. 
look, I want to. Thank and I sent everybody. you one on the phone too. And well, I and I and I paid three and a half grand to get it sky written across <laughs> the sky in Surface oh, Paradise. So the, the little session that walked past with the uh, that drove past with the happy birthday, Brian. Over the Gold Coast Beach, that was you. Thank you, Fine. That was a lovely gesture. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was. It was subsidised by that sticky fingers tabletop. <laughs> well, you know, so you might have you might have read the wrong side. Well, let me thank everybody for their their kind birthday uh, messages and wishes. Um, it's very flattering and lovely to um, have so many people acknowledge the day. So thank you. All those that were listening, that uh, that are listening, that sent me those messages, and thank you for the uh, the skywriting, Finey, and um, thank you, Kev, for your messages. And now, no, my fault. It was a cloudy day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't go blaming. We don't make the weather. Now, I've got a question for you, um, Mr. Mannix. Mm-hmm. Do you know Sonia Kruger? Sonia Kruger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I've I've been interviewed by her, mm-hmm. and. Um, we were doing that morning show and I was in Melbourne. She was in Sydney or wherever she was. And um, while we were waiting to go on, she said to me, um, Brian, I've got to say I loved watching you on Dancing with the Stars. Ooh. I thought it, it was great. And I thought, oh, how good is this? And I said, um, well, you know, thank you, Sonia. I said, you know, a lot of people, you know, they tell me, that they enjoyed watching me on Dancing with the Stars, but nobody ever says you're a good dancer. And they just said they enjoyed watching me. And she goes, oh, no, you can't dance. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So that's probably just being interviewed is probably my extension, um, uh, my connection with Sonia, but um, she's a top bird. To uh, quote you from when you were being, you know, English comedy, she's a ripping bird. So she's a ripping bird. And um, well, she writes a yeah. column for Stella Magazine, which is one of the magazines that comes out in the uh, one of the weekend papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last weekend, not this weekend, it's gone the weekend before, uh, she wrote mm-hmm. a column about mullets. Her new hairdo oh. is really just a mullet with a catchier name. So she was talking about her new hairdo, and in the article she says this. Ironically, the new look, which racked up close to 200,000 views on my Instagram and sparked half a dozen online stories, is not actually new. The mullet has been around since Brian Mannix was a boy. Ah, uh, God bless her. Which, is, look, which I, as we know, is 50-something years ago. Who said that? Sonia Kruger in a column. Uh, 50 years ago? Well, when you were a boy. Jeez, I think, you know, I don't know. You know, we've got this love-hate relationship. Touchy about his age uh, now. (laughs) Um, But um, well, you know, I I don't know that I had. I had a little bit of a mullet at um, twelve or eleven. Bit of mullet um, now. Oh yeah! Look, I went to the hairdresser the other day because my black roots were getting too black, and um, she's never get a Japanese one because my. Japanese woman to dye your hair blonde. What do they know about dyeing hair blonde? My hair is darker than it was when I went in. But anyway, we'll go to a hairdresser tomorrow and get that fixed up. But, um, but you know, Sandra, what's her name again? Sonia Kruger. Yeah, so I was going Sandra. Um, yeah, she's yeah, she's a top. She's a ripping bird, Kevin. Thank, um, thank you, She's Bob. a ripping bird. All right. How are things at Lenny's Fine Foods, Funny? Yeah, very good. 
busy little period over the last couple of weeks, so that's been very good. How's my discipline straight away? What was that? Busy little period. I said nothing. Just let it fly through. Oh, All right, good move on. You, You're all right. Number 10 on this chart, we're at uh, January 29, 1972. Number 10 is The Banks of the Ohio by Olivia Newton-John. Number 9, Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey by Paul and Linda McCartney. Number 8, Ernie, Penny Hill. Number 7, Cherish, David Cassidy. Number 6, Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves, Cher. Number 5, Maggie May and Reason to Believe by Rod Stewart. Number 4, Day by Day, Colleen Hewitt. Number 3, Desert Arada by Les Crane. Number 2, Peace Train by Cat Stevens. And number 1, Imagine by John Lennon. That's a most tasty bunch of songs. Look, if I was at a party or someone's house and they played those 10 songs in a row, I'd be quite happy. Um this is a great chart. It's it's one of the best charts we've ever had, I reckon. It's some interesting Australian thing. I'll ask you both a question. There's two really uh, sort of, uh, you have to say, diametrically opposed instrumental songs on this chart. One is with, with a bit of vocals on both of them, but predominantly instrumentals. One is Shaft and the other one is The Ranger's Waltz. Is an instrumental, I had this argument with my wife when we were walking the other day, is an instrumental a song? Or is it a piece of music, Mr Fine? Well, it's a piece of music, but it can still be a good piece of music. But is it a song? No. Songs are sung. But, but however, let me just draw this to a sensible conclusion, Kevin. Shit, there's um, a first. This is, the, this is the top 40 singles charts. So it is a single now, it's not the top 40 songs. We might say that, but it's about the top 40 singles. Okay. So as long as it's a seven-inch and goes within three and a half, four minutes, you're pretty much safe to be a single. So therefore, I have no problem with the music, uh, with a instrumental qualifying as long as it's not an eight-inch or a nine-inch or a 13-inch. What about number 18 on this chart, which is the Daddy Cool EP? which Finey and I are much opposed to EPs being in the singles chart. I don't care if they're well, seven inches. I, I agree with you both that, that it is a bit of a, a loaded weapon when you've got a double A or a EP. Double A is fine because that's only a single that you've flipped over and gone, shit, it, the B-side's really good too, so let's play it. This this is by Daddy Cool, I'm presuming, not Drummond's version. No, 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 this is the Daddy Cool EP, which had Lollipop yeah. well, uh, it, and four other songs on it. Now, Lollipop came on the DC EP, which was years later. Was it? Um, yeah, Lollipops came later. So what's on this EP? Because I must have looked at it. Actually, the DC EP came after the Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll equals Teenage Heaven. So, um, okay. yeah. So it's Ken no. Francis when I met him. Well, no. Um, what, what, what we were discussing, I'm – the Daddy Cool EP, I thought it was one with the lollipop on it, but I must have looked the wrong one up. No, no. But, however, I want to forgive this one because the only thing we knew about Daddy Cool at that time was Daddy Who, Daddy Cool. We didn't know about the other tracks on the album and I don't think anybody bought it because they had three bonus tracks. We bought it because we loved Daddy Who, Daddy Cool. And Drummond had a version of the same song out at the same time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so. But Hi Honey Ho is number 13 on this chart, so. They had they they had heaps around at that stage. The old daddy cool. Anyway, interestingly, my brother was telling me the other day. There's only about two songs on that daddy cool album 
that aren't old classics. They're all, you know, um, Hi Honey Ho is probably not a Ross Wilson song. Uh, cool Rock and Daddy is probably not a Ross Wilson song. Come Back Again and Eagle Rock are maybe the only two songs written by Ross Wilson. The rest are old 50s classics. Okay. Well, that's pretty much well, what they were. They were set up to be, weren't they, when you think about Oh, it. yeah. And, you know, as we discussed with Ross, the, the greatest thing they ever did was they made sure the guitars were in tune. I remember he spent a lot of time discussing that. But they sent it off to America to get mixed and mastered. And that's why, because Australians, we're not real, we weren't at that point real good at making records. And that's why that album is listened to in the day. It sounds like it could have been done last week. It's yeah. fantastic. No, it, is, it is well produced. Now, finally, did you spend your entire Sunday transfixed on the catch? With uh, you know, big uh, thing of popcorn and uh, and watching the Bathurst One Thousand go round and round and. No, that I've never watched. I've never been interested in that race. There's always the week between footy and cricket. And <laughs> no, of no interest whatsoever. I mean, I I understand petrol heads, and I heard going there can be very exciting, but of no interest to me whatsoever. In fact, I can tell you. And I, I, I can't prove it to you unless you want to come for a drive with me. Mm. If there was a sport called traffic racing, I could be a professional. You mean getting away from the lights before the bloke next to you and all those sorts of little tricks of the trade? Yeah, after everything going. You're that I could prick. massage the clock like no one. <laughs> now, You're that prick that's weaving in between every lane and cutting no, people no, off no, no, just no, that so doesn't... you can get to the lights five seconds quicker yeah, than everybody else. Yeah, that doesn't help you. No. Weaving lanes is just stupid. There's there's a way to get to drive, not quickly, but to get where you're going within the speed limit, but, you know, there's there's do, ways. Do explain, my man. Well, you know, you, you want to get – you don't want to – Get caught at the lights behind idiots, and you got to assess idiots, and you got to you got to take openings when they appear, and sometimes you have to push slow cars into oncoming traffic. But that's part <laughs> of life. <laughs> so you're kind of like a the combination of a rally driver stroke dodgem cars. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but but I did spend. I had to work Sunday, but I did spend quite a bit of it on the couch for another reason. Let's interrupt for one second, Fanny. Yes. Do you know? Do you know what I'm hearing right now, Kev? One three hundred triple five five seven six Mercos <laughs> driver training. <laughs> you know, you might be okay, but you can always be better. Go and see Mercos. One three hundred triple five five seven six. Fanny's dodging Thanks, car man. and dodgy car um, <laughs> driving school is not open for business. So, what did you spend Sunday on the couch doing? No, hang on, I still want to hear about how we dodge the car. I'm sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> then we can find out about the couch. Oh, yeah, no, just um, I have my ways on a car, but I'll keep it to myself. Some of them might be considered outside. Illegal? Well, I don't advocate driving illegally. I'm just telling you sometimes you've got to get where you're going and the rest of you. <laughs> um, it's it's not a very good driving school motto, is it? Uh, no. Welcome welcome to Finey's Driving School and f- the rest of you. 
not kind yeah, of, well, I'm go. not sure it's going to be one of the great advertising slogans of our time anyway. And to be honest, my second son, who's turned 18, has no intention of getting a licence and recently announced that's because he's been a passenger with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing. Uh, is Max a good driver uh, or and Casey? Casey or Max good drivers, Brian? Um. Remember, you're on the public record. Yeah, look, oh, look, I haven't driven with Max for a while because he lives in Adelaide. Um, I, they both understand that when I get in a car, you got to drive like a complete citizen because it it gives me so much stress, and so most people that I travel with because it, you've got no idea how much stress somebody speeding or weaving lanes and all that that gives me it's like it just dropped me off so you're a big you're a good blindfolded passenger i i just i just i i just get you know really really scared in a car okay and and you know like everybody thinks they can win tats lotto well you know there's 49 victorians every day um get injured or seriously injured in a car accident um, there's, well, you're all right. You're I, a Queenslander. <laughs> yeah, but that statistic but, changes in Queensland. Our, our, our statistics are probably the same. I've only got back because I was used to be a Victorian. But um, you know, I think you got eight people a day every every day die in a car accident. You know, it's not eight people a day win Tats Lotto every week. But everything, oh, fuck, I could win this. But you've better chance of getting, um, you know. Killed in a car accident, seriously. And, you know, you go to Westfield and you see people that are, you know, on frames and they can barely walk. Well, you know, or, you know, young people in a wheelchair. Well, what do you reckon happened to them? Probably in a car accident. So, you know, um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it, cars are just not something I can even attempt to be humorous with. Uh, it's just so serious for me. Okay. Yeah, are you one three hundred one three hundred triple five five fifty. I'm a shit house passenger. I know it. I'm an I'm an awful. I'm a I'm a nosebleed passenger because I drive whoever's whoever's driving. I drive them mad. Um, what are you like, Fanny? As a passenger, yeah. I don't like being a passenger, so I really am. Mm, me too. Yeah, yeah I'd I rather would. walk. I'd rather walk than try to park a car in a hey, shopping mate. centre. Uh, plenty of pedestrians get hit when I'm around. <laughs> Not when you've got the kung fu jump like I do. They can come, but I'll jump. Oh, over here we that go. Car. Jackie Chan's just I, entered I the building. I do dueling. a big jump. My hands <laughs> land on the roof, and I spin over and bang on my feet, ready for the next car. Should that happen? All right. Now <laughs> I, I want to get to what Fonny was doing on the couch all day Sunday. Yeah, and it better not involve lotion. <laughs> I wasn't moving very much. So I've had a couple of additions since we've last spoken. Oh, the tats. Yep. You've had the tats. Well, here's one. I'll show you one. It's not very good podcasting, but there's uh, one. Oh, on your, on your finger? Yeah. It's a, a penis ring. on your finger. That's terrific, Bonnie. <laughs> That's a wedding ring. It's <laughs> not a wedding ring. Don't lie to the listeners. You know, <laughs> You've got a big cock and balls on your finger, and me and Kev think it's fantastic. You're an idiot. Well, <laughs> so why have you had that done? What's the what's the, why do you have the wedding ring? Well, done? I've never you... really worn a wedding ring. Yeah, I think and... you, I, you lost it, and uh, you can't lose that one. No, that's a bit painful, but very painful to get 
tattoos on your fingers. I'll bet there's no um, there's no wiggle room there. No, that uh, it's That's very bone. painful. That oh! you'll, you'll see very few people get tattooed on their palms or the fronts of their hands or whatever that. What's the front? I don't know. The back. Brian's got a tattoo yeah. on his palm. It says next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my lawyers will be speaking to you, Kevin. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should get right put on the other one just to confirm it. Um, <laughs> um, all right, so you had the, you had the, you've had the wedding ring done on the finger. Yeah, do you want to see the other one? Have you got one on your shot on your on your bicep? No, no, no. You... No, I left it. I left no, here we go. He's got one in his hang back. On. I'm just going to make sure you don't see more than it's supposed to. Oh, here we go. Oh, hang on. He's had one done in his. Oh, I've got a horrible feeling. <laughs> I know what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, now, for our uh, podcast listening audience, which is the thank, only audience that we thank. actually have, um, thank Christ. Um, this is not a visual podcast. <laughs> this is going to be horrendous. Well, uh, if I push the right Hello, button, the, if I push the right I, button now, it is. Sure oh, here to. we go. Oh, wow, that's the left leg, and that is what have you got written on it? What's it say, Satan? Oh, Natalie, of course. I can't, I can't see anything until Finey talks. Now look talk. at this then. Oh, wow, I like that. That sort of. Um, you know, 1940s, that's 50s. It's an old sailor's tap. It's a Polynesian? Yeah. Is that supposed to be a Polynesian woman? The flower's a Polynesian. The okay. woman's nettle. The woman's be- my wife. I nice. Believe, I believe there is a name for that kind of art, and it was what was on Enola Gay and all of the bombers yeah, that's in World stuff. War Two. It's Correct, um, exactly right. There is a name for that art, and it's, yep. it's a really cool style of art. I love it. Yeah, exactly right. It's called body art. Did right? you t- now? You talked about the uh, greyhound on your hip, yeah, uh, funny. And you did mention you thought about perhaps getting a couple of rabbits crawling up your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, did you run out of money or did you get it done? No, 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 no. no I'm, I'm not going to get my ass done. Um, not, not by a tattoo. There's the promo. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Gilbo used, <laughs> used to say, "There's the say um, that they asked his his girlfriend Rochelle at the beauty salon um, that there's this latest technique from America whether she was interested in getting her asshole bleached, and she <laughs> said, "No, I'm happy with Russell's hair the way it is." <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to one of my favourite lyrics of all time. It's so shithouse. But um, it's I think it's called In the Father's Hands by Kanye West, or Ye as he's known now. And I probably haven't got the melody right, but it's it's seven songs in one. He's worse than McCartney, he goes, If a fuck model, she just bleached her ass off. I might get bleached my T-shirt. And I looked like an asshole. I was <laughs> high when I met her. Met her down at Trafecta. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. People are going to ask me. I don't see nothing. I didn't want to. And I think, for starters, you just told us everything. But it's so shithouse, I've got to say, well, freaking hell, I don't know of any other song ever written about the, the dilemma of when the girl gets her asshole bleached and it could f*** up your best T-shirt. Mm. 
wow. Mm. Yeah. So, it so yeah. No, you're getting it. They don't write. They don't write them like that anymore, do they, Brian? I'm just thinking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't write them like they used to. <laughs> well, you know, did Bing Crosby or Dean Martin ever sing about? It? Let me if quote. Let me quote, Brian. The closest we come is, and the sign said, "Everyone's welcome to come in and kneel down and pray." But when they passed around the plate at the end of it all, I didn't have a penny to pay, so I got me a pen and the paper and made up my own little sign. I said, "Thank you, Lord, for thinking about me. I'm alive and doing fine." Don't write them like that anymore. No. But if you read on, Kev, it says, I'm alive and I'm doing fine. Mm. And if she bleaches her asshole and I keep bleaching my T-shirt, <laughs> I might look like an <laughs> yeah, asshole. right. Oh, that'll sound, sound okay. sound. Well, that's all what right. you did all day Sunday on the couch. There you go. Uh, and now, is, there, is that it or is there more coming? No. Oh, yeah. there'll be more tattoos coming. Okay. I think by the end I'm going to be have a lot of tats. Okay. What about what about your neck and face? Is this no, an area not we just no? I know. Well, I'll tell you something about tattoos. You know, because the finger hurts a heck of a lot, and you look up and they and the thigh is one of the places that don't you know is less sensitive. I've got I've got one word for that. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Thought that might be. In fact, way. in fact, that tattoo's not finished. It's got an hour to go. I've got to get the leaves filled in because I was done. See, the thing about getting a big tattoo four hours is after they do the outlining and the shading, and they go back to do the colouring, they're going over areas they've already done. Ooh, ouch, ouch, ouch! And that really, really hurts. I was lying next to this young bloke. He was getting his stomach tattooed. He was getting, he was there for four hours. He did not wince. He didn't, he just either had his eyes closed or he was talking. It was like they were tattooing somebody else. He had the inside of his belly button coloured in. Oh! What for? What what was he having done? Chicks dig it. They love it. This big, big sort of mechanical-looking dragon. It was pretty impressive. It was very good. Wow. There you go. Great um, tattoo parlor, Carlisle it, it, Tattoo Company. Oh, Carlisle you dis- Street. Are you getting a discount now? <laughs> no, it's no, it's all done. I'm happy to pay full price. You don't want to. There's two or three people in life you don't want to bargain with. You know, your proctologist, yep, your hairdresser, and your tattooist, yep, because they could all f- you up very quickly. And for you, Brian, the bloke doing your penis enlargement, just don't just don't look for a cheap option there. Just go the Go the you know pay the whole bit. Look, the whole thing's been too successful, Ken. <laughs> interesting, interesting, um, interesting uh, finding that you say, you know, it's a four-hour session with the tattooist. Like you know, that's that's you know, the average length of a Kevin Costner movie, and <laughs> and, and I'm just trying to wonder which would be more painful. Um, <laughs> well. Case of Water you World, know, I think the, it, it would beat the, the tattoo. Water every World, time. Water World or the tattoo. The yeah, post it's all very or funny. The tattoo. <laughs> it's all very funny. You can make jokes like that, but I'm I telling did. you. We, we just did. It was terrific. <laughs> I don't know about other people, and they say the older you get, the more you feel it. It did hurt, but I love, you know, I love the tattoo and I love getting it, and I'm, I'll be back for more, but, you know. Anybody that says it doesn't hurt, 
either has a problem with their central nervous system or is a liar. It is the only two options. Was the family full of, you know, um, uh, help and adornment and uh, and uh, waiting on your hand and foot yesterday? No, or no, they just that, go, you that, bought that it on was, yourself, that, so get stuffed? Yeah, no. Oh, no, no, no. I, look, it doesn't uh, – I went – that night, that Saturday night, I was sort of in shock a bit. So it's very, it's exhausting. So I was really tired, but I was like either really hot or really cold. It feels like you got the flu. All right. But that was over after when I woke up. It was all good. So you probably picked up COVID or hepatitis B or C from the needle of the tattoo. And uh, you were no, 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 no. As I said, they are okay. great. They are a great. Well-regarded, reputable, excellent tattoo parlour. Good on them. Good on them. Well, they do good work. That it looks it looks spectacular. I must admit, I'm not. Yeah, it is. Good. I do. I do like. I, I like your choice because there's nothing worse than somebody gets something tattooed on them. That's like, oh, for f- sake, you wouldn't hang that on your wall. Yeah, but it is. It is that. It is that. Um, that Second World War. Yeah, that yeah. That, that is, yeah, and I really like that. That. Aeroplane art. Yeah, it's um, an oligarchy. It, oh, it's it's a name. It's like Forster or something. I can't remember. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, uh, I'll get more of them. We'll um, we'll uh, we'll uh, give everybody the answer to that next week's show. I'd imagine, Kev. Yep, we can yeah, do that. I might, get, I might get I might get a bomb with this is for you, Jerry. Actually, I'm going to find out now. So you guys crap on while I find out because I just can't leave our listeners. You know, wondering about what the name of this artwork is. No, it's just annoying the shit out of you, and you want to find out. That's the truth. Don't don't. You think you think I'm being selfish? Yeah. Not um, no, helpful. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't say that at all. Isn't it funny when we when we were kids? If you wanted to know a fact like that, you'd say next week I'll have the answer. You'd have to go to the Melbourne Library or something. <laughs> yeah. Now you Google it, and off you go. Yeah. Now. Finey's fascinating story fables, sporting fables. We, we need to get to that. All right. Are you ready? I am. Except I, I am too. I don't have it in front of me, so I'll have to do the best I can now. Oh, no. It's sort of a sad fact. I, I, that- I love the fact that you can do the best you can, but <laughs> sometimes the best you can is Shut it's up, really Brian. A low- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up an oligarchy and listening. All right. Well, it is a sad fact that, and this is pretty sad actually, that remember South Africa were sort of banned from test cricket for a while? Yes. How long was that period? When uh, when the Barry Richards and that of the world were no longer allowed to play before they were readmitted back in, I think the last yeah, yeah, test yeah. was against us in 1970 or thereabouts. Um, yeah. And then I think they came back. It would have been in the ninety-two. L- I believe I was going to say the late eighties, but yeah, okay, ninety-two. I believe it's nineteen ninety-two, and it's a, a sort of a sad fact that. Of the 11 players that were selected, within seven or eight years of that test reappearance, or nine years, I think, thereabouts, two of the players were dead already. Of course, Hansi Cronier was one of them. But the other one is the subject of tonight's weird world of sport, Tertius Bosch. Oh, yeah. A medium pacer. He played a few one-day games, but only the one test. 
And sadly, he died at the very young age of 33, which, uh, you know, is not is particularly young. He passed away in the year 2000. What's unusual about Tertius Bosch's death is he was said to have died of Guillain-Barre syndrome, what? something to do with the nervous system. But his wife, with whom he was having marital problems, quickly cashed in the life insurance and was often married quickly thereafter. And the family definitely suspected foul play. So Tertius Bosch, remember I said he'll still be dead next week Mm. a couple of times? Mm. Well, you can never be sure if he'll still be buried because they dug up his body. Oh, to, to to check and see what he actually died of. To conduct tests on it. Okay. And they found traces of poisoning. Ah. The South African police felt that there was not enough evidence to charge anybody. They were satisfied that he was poisoned, but they couldn't prove that it was the wife, so they couldn't lay any charges. So Tertius was put back in the ground again. Then more evidence came to light about her affairs prior to the marriage, prior to his death. And back they went to the grave (laughs) to dig him up again. Oh, no. This time there was an injunction put on it by his own members of his family who said enough's enough. This guy's been dug up more times than he played for South Africa. Oh. <laughs> and they've left him in the ground ever since. Now, his son actually is a very good cricketer, was a member of the Under-19 World Cup, South African World Cup team in recent years, and he's a, a medium pacer in his mid-20s. There and thereabouts, not impossible that he would play for South Africa in one form of the game or another. And let's just hope that his son, Ethan Bosch, has a better outcome than his dad, Tertius. Once dead, once risen, dead again. Goodness me, that's um, bizarre. The story of Tertius Bosch. Thank you, Finding. Well worth yep. – uh, I, 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 I'm not overly familiar with him as a cricketer. Uh, the name but, sort of rings a bell, but not, you know. And the, you, and the joke was that when he was dug back up in 2004, South African bowling stocks weren't brilliant and he was considered <laughs> for a place in the test team. That's shocking. That's a shocking joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Do you think he could hold up an end? <laughs> well, yeah, if you're a subscriber to Gravedigger magazine, you would know that this man is a superstar in that world. Who <laughs> else gets dug up twice? Name me one other person. Oh, well, he wasn't. They, there was injunction against the second digging. The interesting thing was 
that he did play a one-day game against New Zealand, but he didn't play against Brendan Bracewell, who was a grave digger. <laughs> Remember the Bracewell brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John. Yeah, what? One of them famously was a grave digger. Oh, was he really? There you go. Yeah. Was it Rod Stewart who had a job for a little while as a grave digger before his pop stardom? That sounds right. I've got a feeling of, I, I was thinking Joe Cocker, but he was a gas fitter. Uh, no, I reckon it was Rod Stewart was a grave digger in, in London somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well done, Rod. Yeah, very good. Um, very good finding. I like that one. Yeah, I did Curtis Bosch. Yep. So more of Finey's uh, fascinating sporting fables are coming as uh, as part of this program. Now, though, I just we mentioned footy. Uh, Essendon just keep, continue to stumble from one uh, absolute mess to another absolute mess. Brian, as a as a Essendon supporter, you must be beside yourself wondering what the bloody hell's going on. I think uh, Messenden is um, Essendon. No, look, there's. there's Look, it, it's really hard to know how to go with this, but I think my my guts are that Essendon um, have totally f***ed this up. Um, Good gut feel. Look, they should have um, done their due diligence before they appointed the guy, but, but here's the thing for me. Like, this guy, what, he's the CEO of the church or something. And- he's on the, on the board. Right, and 10 years ago they had some homophobic sort of comments. Which there was a sermon the, delivered that said some things, yeah. Was it wasn't delivered by him, though, was it? No, 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 no. He wasn't even a member of the church when it was delivered. No. So, you know, he's the CEO or a board member. It doesn't make him in charge of the scripture and the preachings. So um, I sort of think, Sorry. so from what? You know, and and you know, you can say, oh, you know, he's in an organisation that ten years ago was homophobic. Well, you know, I think you can find a lot of organisations ten years ago that were kind of homophobic. But <laughs> I, I, I don't think that organisation changed their opinion. <laughs> well, apparently, as I'm told, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know, now it's all inclusive and blah blah blah. But either way. I don't think it freaking makes a hell of a difference about, you know, what he does in, you know, what his religious beliefs are. And I think what the bigger problem is that you've now had somebody sacked from their job or asked to move on because of their religious beliefs. Now, let's consider that this guy was perhaps a Muslim. Well, Muslims, they are, they throw freaking homosexuals off the top of the building. Do you think this would have happened to a Muslim? You know, they've got, you know, the women are secondary, so it's kind of sexist. I think it's kind of racist. But, you know, that's their decision and that's okay. But if this guy had been a Muslim, he'd still be doing the job. But because he's a Christian, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, you don't see them taking the piss out of Allah on South Park, Allah, because it's it's too freaking heavy duty. But, you know, Jesus cops it all the time. But, uh, no, I think this just makes Essendon look like a mess. Um, I don't know that this is the guy's personal beliefs. It's not like Israel Folau, you know, preaching on Twitter and social media. Um, 
I think it's a disgrace. And I think the bigger problem is now you've essentially had a bloke sacked for his, for his religious beliefs and the whole thing makes Essendon look very anti-Christian. You know, if I just, I think the Bible does say things against homosexuality. So does that mean that I'm excluded from working at Essendon? You know, this has opened a bigger can of worms than what the problem was. They should have just shut their mouth and gone on, got on with it. What a joke. What if Essendon had a gay male footballer on their list? They probably do. They used, they probably used to. We probably do. I don't care. I well, you, we, used, you, you did. Well, you know, I didn't. And um, I don't really see the relevance between, you know, this guy. Yeah, gee whiz. I, I, just, I just don't, unless he's, you know, perpetrating anti-gay sentiments and actions, I don't see the problem. And I think it makes. But didn't he stand fun. down? Yeah, he, yeah well, he was forced to. I would suggest. And but he could have. But he could have. But he could have said that. He could have come out and said that he was sort of more open-minded if he was. But no, I, I think, think he has he, actually. Finally, I think he said that it's not necessarily his own personal beliefs. And, and oh well, then they sort of left him alone. I and, didn't realise he said that. From what I can gather, some of the stuff that he did when he was the head of the NAB. Uh, Bank was about uh, the, they they actually won an award when he was the head of the NAB, the NAB uh, for LB LBTQ. I don't know. Oh well, then he should still be he should still be in charge. So he was, Look, but he was also railroaded out of the not railroad, but he also left the the NAB Bank under some questionable circumstances in terms of uh, the inquiry into the banks, all that sort of stuff. I it's just a massive ass covering. Uh, uh, the the famous not a good look. Is the is the kind of the end of the way all this works? And I, it, yeah, you're right, Brian. It's a freaking that, mess. More important than that, Essendon and St Kilda have completely disgraced themselves during the trade period. Nobody wants to go to either club, yeah, well, and all we could do was was div- help you divest yourself of Zane Cordy. Great. Start the hey. celebration. When's that? When's that party going? Well, be? you're getting Where's a really good Cordy? family. The Cordy family is one of the best families I've known in my time in football. They are an absolute ripping family. Brian and Karen and and Reese and uh, and Zane and Ace. They're a really good family. Mate. Well, Essendon and Guy. Oh, yeah, hang on a sec, Kevin. <laughs> the Hilliers seem like good blokes as well, but I'm not putting any of them on my list. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't say a word about that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> did not say a word. No, it was a most unusual and uh, surprising trade, I must admit. Uh, did surprise me. What a, I, I'm just reading the, um, the the one that North Melbourne have just done for um, the number one draft pick. It's about seven pages long. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not interested in footy. Uh, Horrible sport. You're, you're t- <laughs> Well, uh, the trade period is an interesting time of year. I I don't know why there is such a frenzy about it. For me, it is park it over there. When you're finished on Wednesday, give me a yell, let me know what's going on, and I'll I'll go, beauty, thanks. Do you realise well, Essendon's won 16 premierships, right? Mm. For St Kilda to overtake Essendon in premierships, mm. 
at our current rate, because we've won one in 150 years, yep. that will take <laughs> one and a half thousand and nine hundred. <laughs> that'll take close to two and a half thousand years. That to put that in terms that people will understand, that predates Jesus by five hundred years. That's before the Romans existed. That's before wheels had spokes and cavemen had bloody houses. I'm telling you, <laughs> the team I barrack for ain't worth a pile of mud. Uh, do you reckon you'll see one in the next twenty years? Oh, it, it is written in the it is written in the book of St Kilda mm-hmm. and of the book of Fine. That the day after I die, St Kilda will win a flag. <laughs> he, um, now you've just uh, now you said this. I think two weeks or maybe even been three weeks ago. Jeff Walsh is the CEO. Yeah, um, that's all been ratified. He's in. He's in the chair. He'll. Yeah, he'll, he's all right. He'll make some changes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're all great. We've had them all. We've had every. Every. We've had Jezza. We've had Blight. Yeah. We've had them all. We've had Timmy Watson. We've had the good ones, the bad ones, the smart ones, the when dumb ones. When you get a good one, you get rid of them anyway because, like, Grant Thomas had a really good success at that club and then next Monday was gone. Oh, yeah, but he, but he's a bit of a smart-ass, Grant, and I like the bloke, but, you know. Oh, he's a smart-ass. He doesn't, he doesn't hang around to ask to be told to leave. He, you know, True. He'll, he'll burn the bridge down, shit in the nest and whatever else <laughs> all at the same time. Yes. yes, that is his MO, I must admit. It is true. Yeah. Well, now, yes, Brian. Well, it's, you know, this is a sporting show as well as a musical show. It's both. Ruck and, ruck uh, and roll. It, and it is spring carnival. Yes. So Wednesday is Thousand Guineas Day. Yes. Now, he, here's the mail. Ooh. Right, this to everybody. Race three, glint of hope in the Kunji handicap. Barrier one, it will get the run of the race, $6. All right. Race five, a novelty Quinella. Banger and jolting. Race is a thousand guineas. Is that the name of your new uh, band? Banger and jolting. It's a good name for a song, isn't it? Good name for a um, band. And a serious and race eight. She's lickety split five dollars. Oh, yeah, not bad. And a serious ruffie at a hundred and one dollars is she's pretty rich. So maybe have you know a couple of dollars on that. And on Caulfield Cup Saturday, stick to the blue colours. Allegren set for twenty four hundred meters by the great staying site Teofilo. Teofilo, yeah. Are you saying that the blue colours of Coolmore? Is that the blue colours you're talking about? Kev, I know nothing about racing. Oh, right. I, this okay. is just the information I got <laughs> off the that does know something about racing. <laughs> uh, so just says, stick to the blue colours, Allegron. Is okay. Allegron a horse or is Allegron a type of blue? I don't know. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Mannix. Uh, trackside there with uh, Brian Mannix. And remember, uh, don't gamble responsibly. Put the f***ing house on it. Um, <laughs> well, doesn't that, isn't that the most ridiculous thing in the world Talk about the the things that we do, uh, the nanny state way that we treat, da- gamble responsibly, drink, da- da- all that stuff. It's like use your common sense, use your brains. It's not going to change it. Saying gamble responsibly at the end of every gambling act is not going to change. By, by law, they have to. 
um, it used to infuriate me when I was making ads for Sportsbet. Yeah. Because you'd have to say, you know, you'd have to put that disclaimer on. So it means you had to have it up for, I don't know, I think. Well, in some states you have to put the point. six seconds on yeah. the bottom of the screen. It's up a look at your ad. And then you've you know got what, to, You know what they should to, say at the end that? of those ads? Not gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm. Like in a really serious voice. So the ad's. Have a bet with sports best you triple trifecta winner. Get on now. Yeah. If you're a punter, you're paying for this ad ticket. I think you go harder, you know. You'd have a sports bet answer like, okay, it's sports bet. And this week, if Buddy Franklin wins a Logie Award and Don Bradman makes a comeback, we'll give you your money back. Okay. And then. At the end of the season, so rather than say gamble, so sort of say your wife's gonna leave you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That didn't get the message across. Yeah, yeah. yeah half the people would start punning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard about the bloke who comes home and he goes, comes home and his missus goes, "I've just won Tats Lotto and I'm leaving you," and she goes, "Oh." How much did you when he goes seventeen dollars <laughs> fifty? <laughs> All right, I'm done. Okay, I've heard the variation of that. What was that? Well, the guy comes home and goes, "Honey, we've won tenth lotto. What, what, what are you going to do?" And she goes, "Do I get half of it?" And he goes, "Yeah." And she goes, "Well, I'm going to leave you." He goes, "Good. Here's five dollars fifty now." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, much better, much better. Um, let's get to the chart, boys. Uh, oh, we should mention a couple of uh, passings uh, during the last week. Uh, Loretta Lynn died at the age of 90, one of the great yeah, country fine. singers. <laughs> Stop it, Finey. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I mentioned Coolio last week, and I should have. Who died yeah, yeah, Coolio died. Died at the age of 59. That was a good song. That gangster's rap was a good song. Gangsters Paradise. Yankovic must be feeling shit out now, making fun of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to always know I was in for a good night when my wife put Coolio Gangsters rap on. Oh, okay. I was like, right up, she's in the mood. We're good to go. <laughs> so I have a very fond affection for that song. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that in, uh, informative update. Uh, thank you, Brian. Mm. Didn't need to it's know that. The- I listen to it now. It's not the same without no, it. No, not anyway, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sure. Next on your palm of your hand, Brian. Thanks. Um, all right, let's get to the chart. A uh, bit, yeah. bit of early action on the um, on the social media. Uh, Steve Cameron said, "I love this chart. Maybe only a few classics, but a lot of songs I really like." And he mentions a few. The worst. Steve obviously uh, had been on the drink because he said, number two worst, Imagine by John Lennon, one of the most overrated songs of all time. Oh, listen to the lyrics, Steve, for God's sake. Exactly. It's, 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 it's a gospel to a beautiful world. Tony Marie now- Howard says, heaps of good ones on here. Brian will love this chart. We've already established that. Uh, Stevie Reitman says, uh, let's be serious. If Ernie isn't number one on everyone's list, there'll be words. And he asked the question, is the theme to Shaft a song? It doesn't matter. It's a single. Yeah, I know you It's a single. These are the top 40 singles. The Go Set National Top top 40 40. Singles. That's right. It says right here on the top of this page here, it says singles. Uh, Let's just dismiss that argument once and for all. 
Yeah. We'll save that one for when I walk with my wife and she tells me that Albatross by Fleetwood Mac is not a song. And I go, yes, it is. Um, but there's no singing in it. It doesn't matter. It's a song. Look, we all, we all love popcorn. Yeah. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, it's a shit song. It's a shit piece of music. Thanks, Kev. Okay. It's a piece of sheet music. Yes, it is. All right, finally, what have we got at number three in the good and the bad? Number three, good. It's a classic. We're all dads. We've all got sons. Father and son. Okay. Like Cat Stevens. Okay. Emotional song. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Great song too. Ever. I Great song great. ever, no, but I think it's a great I think the lyrics are great. Oh, a very emotional song. Beautiful yeah. song. No, no, it's a, it is a good song. And a topic that's really tackled. Well, Cats, Cats in the Cradle is the other one that I always think of when you think of those sort of songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think this one's a bit more in your face. The one, the other one's a bit of a time capsule. And I think, it, yeah, I, I agree with you. Fine, I think it's just a great song. Yep, yeah, it makes pretty emotional sort of stuff. Yeah, it does. Yep, yep. Good choice. Number three, bad mm-hmm. is not hard to look. I don't know what was going on in 1970 or wherever, whenever this was. 71. 72. Two, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But seriously, look, I know the world was going through Vietnam and whatever, but I don't need to, I don't need to hear some twat reading a poem to me. Ooh, he's going to put Les Crane in. Oh, I think we're all going to put Les Crane in. You know, I mean, you're asking what's a song. Oh. You're asking what's a song. That's that's not even that that's not even three minutes of silence, which would be far more applicable to the subject of world peace than him rabbiting on. Yeah, I mean, at least Bob Crane had the decency to <laughs> do pornos and get killed doing it. Les <laughs> <laughs> Crane, Crane on the other end and go stuff himself. So yeah, number three, Desiderata yep. is. Number three on the charts and my third worst. All right. Yeah, good uh, good choices, both of those two. Very well done. Righto, Mr. Mannix. I looked. Um, picking, the good, picking the good ones is really hard for me on this one. Um, look, I'm going to go number three good. I'm going to go to the one that you've been quoting all through the show, Kev, the five-man electrical band, number 35, Signs. I just think it's it's rocking. It does have something really to, something to say. Um, you know, admittedly, it's, it's a song that's perhaps a bit dated because it's that first blood, you know, Rambo movie kind of era where if you've got long hair, you know, you're a dirty hippie and we're going to discriminate against you and that's what the song is about so it's about discrimination and it's about religion about god but it's just tough and it's cool so that's easily my number three i feel bad at only putting it at number three yep but that's my number three um good bad good yeah good. now number three bad now look this isn't a bad song but it's uh neil diamond oh, stones you know yeah. now 
you know, you've got all of the voice and the production and the band sounds good, but the song is the song's just very, very mediocre. And it's a bit like what I did with Paul McCartney, Helen Wheels, the other week. It's like, you know, it's not the worst song in the world, but it's really below their standard. And I think for Neil Diamond, he's just phoning this one in. So um, I love you, Neil, but not on this occasion. Fair enough. Yeah, ordinary song. Had to listen to it today and didn't didn't do anything for me, to be honest. I just kept waiting for it to do something. Yeah, exactly. I, here's the build, but there's no release. Yep. And the like sign like a route without a finish. And the sign says anybody caught trespassing will be shot on site. So I jumped on the fence and yelled at the house, "Hey, what gives you the right to put up a fence to keep me out and keep Mother Nature in? If God were here, he'd tell you to your face, man, you're some kind of sinner." Well, no, that's not quite right. I have built the wall <laughs> because we're getting too many Mexicans, they're drug dealers, they're rapists, they're t- raping our women, they're bringing in fentanyl. That's why I built the wall. Five Man Electrical Band is also my number three good uh, a song I loved. A, a single I have out in the shed. I bought it as a, as a single when I was a kid because uh, well, no, I was a kid. Uh, I was 16. Um, and my number three bad, uh, your mate, Brian. Ooh. Your mate. Oh, yeah. mate. Your mate. Uh, I did. I'm sorry. I. He was. He was. Uh, he was a massive star. The girls loved him. Blokes didn't like him at all. I think 99.9 percent of the songs he did were bloody awful, and cherished by David Cassidy. Just. It is. It is just a non-entity song. That goes nowhere, does nothing, takes up space, and is unbelievably number seven on this chart, and probably was even higher at some stage. Um, but I find it, I don't know, cherish is the word. It was done by, I, I think it was done by the Association, I think was the band that did the original version of it, and it was much better than David Cassidy. I think it was actually. And um, But, you know, we should get David Cassidy on Life of Brian. Uh, Kev, we should, you should reach out, see if we can get him on. Uh, Brian, mm-hmm. he uh, he went the way of uh, finding South African cricketer some time ago. Oh, well, we'll just do the same thing. We'll dig him up and get him <laughs> on the show. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm tying everything up again. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, just, yes, neat, neat, little, <laughs> neat little coffin bow, is it? Uh, righto, oh. Finey, number two, good and bad. There are certain things that don't go together. Mm. All right, this is my bad. Tequila and milk. Oh, yeah. Running for the bus and shaving your testicles. <laughs> Swimming and talking on your new iPhone 14. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And country music in a Wurlitzer organ. Oh. Special comments from the super coach. Mm-hmm. And Freddie Hart didn't have much going for him before I heard Easy Loving because oh. I'd never heard of him. <laughs> And when you, you know, when you contract people's names, you know, I reckon at school his nickname must have been Fart. <laughs> yes, yes. That's pretty art, Fart. Anyhow, easy loving is not easy listening. It is just a complete waste of time. It's like a church song, isn't it? I'll tell you this, if your doctor tells you you've got two and a half minutes to live, listen to this because you'll <laughs> feel like you've had a week. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's an awful song. So, Freddie Hart, up yours. Yep. 
if he's not dead, I doubt what he's doing now is fostering a singing career, I can tell you that. I'm not sure he was alive when he recorded the song, Finey. Correct. Now, my number two good. You Mm. see, the great thing about doing these charts is you listen to music and you hear songs that you might not have heard before or versions of songs. So there's a song I absolutely love. I'm pretty sure it's a Bob Dylan song. Mm. I'm assuming it is. I'm pretty sure Brian Ferry sung it. Oh, yeah, good version of it. Yes, yes, yes. But I've never heard of Leon Russell. Haven't you really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, oh. people, people were saying, ah. oh, he's an icon, whatever. Yeah. I should have heard of him because he looks like a cross between Santa Claus and a Japanese ghost. He does. He does. But, boy, he's got a good voice and it's a really good version of A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. So yeah. maybe I'm, I miss, you know. Maybe I'm too young to know Leon Russell. He was Joe Cocker's um, piano player and uh, and band uh, sort of leader of uh, of the uh, Mad Dogs and Englishmen tour. Oh, yeah. And I think he had a big hand in putting the band together for the concert for Bangladesh. Yep, he did. Yeah, whatever. He's got a good voice. He shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been playing the keyboards for Joe Cocker. He should have been belting out a few tunes in here. Um, no, very good version. So Hard Rain's Going to Fall by Leon Russell. Yeah, he's an incredible talent, Leon Russell. Some great songs. They're really good songs. He had, only had, really had one other hit, the thing called Tightrope, um, which was a kind of poppy little song. But uh, he's a great musician, a brilliant musician. Good choice. Glad I found him. Well, you should go and check, check out some of his other stuff because he really is, he is a, a, a you know, Brilliant, I've got, brilliant. A, I've got a life to lead. I'm not saying he's that good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Bob Dylan song. You're next aware time, of that. Next time you've got I four said, hours to spare. Bob Dylan song. Yeah. I know Brian yeah. Ferry's version. Next but, time you have yeah. four hours and you're just lying around maybe doing nothing, have a listen to some Leon. Leon Russell. Sounds like a Collingwood footballer, but anyway. Yeah. All right, Brian. Shoot. Number two. Number two good is... Me old mate, I tell you what, during the week I flew over to Los Angeles, caught up my old mate Elton, and then after that caught up my old, old, old mate Rod Stewart. And uh, Rod's got a new single out at the moment, and it's number five on the charts. And uh, I tell you what, I can't believe it. I heard it once. That was enough. It's totally brilliant. Uh, Maggie May by Rod Stewart, number five. Very good. Very good. That- that's a um, that's the good one and yep. the bad one. Now I reckon you might not like this, Kev, but um, Here we go. I don't care. I really I had to listen to a lot of songs to find the three bad ones on this chart, uh, and and I you know most of them I say, well no, it's got some saving graces, uh, but this one is just absolute shit. Three dog night. The night they drove old Dixie down. Oh, well, no, just that's, go. That's, that's Joan Byers. The Three Dog Nights doing three dog, it, aren't they? No, no. Joan Byers does the night they hang, drove old Dixie hang down. Hang on, Kev, Three Kev, Dog Kev, Nights Kev. doing an old-fashioned love song on this chart. I don't think you're right, Kev. I think no, you're, he's yeah, right. I think you're out of your mind on drugs. <laughs> well, whoever's doing it, who who – who is the pricks doing this? The night they drove old Dixie shit. down. It's a it's a Robbie Robinson song. It's a band song. Um, yeah, well, and it's Joan Byers doing it. What Should number is it? It's number twenty-six. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, get a dick in your Joan, you. <laughs> That's horrible. 
It's and a great song. It is. It's not a great version. It's 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 dreadful. It's yeah. it's 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 unlistenable. It's 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 a cock blocker. It's it's, it's a soft. A it's it's a cock blocker. It's a you know. You get a girl around your joint. Yeah, you put but that yeah, on. I think Forget I don't. It. I, I don't. Do you, do you know that's well, interesting? You say that. Did you you know that Joe Cocker was actually born Joe Cock Blocker, but when, <laughs> when he went on stage, they shortened it to yeah. Cocker. Leon Russell said, "Not a good idea, Joe. Change your name." Yeah. Well, that's he said, why I'm a cock sucker. He said, <laughs> no, 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 no. "That's why I recorded yeah. a hard cock's gonna fall." Anyway. Right, so we got uh, Joan Baez, The Night They Drove Old Lexi Down as your number two band. Um, that makes it even better. Right. I'm going to hate Joan Baez. I didn't realise that was her f***ing up my f***ing ears again. Yes, well, it's a good song. The, the band version of that's a really good version here and them sing it. My number two yeah. bad, God, I hate this song, Brand New Key by Melanie. I mean, just saccharine, horrible, silly, stupid lyrics and uh, she could actually really sing. When she did Lay Down, it was a really good – she really can sing. But this is one of those fill the girl full of helium and sit her in a studio and make her sing, I've got a brand new pair of roller skates, you got a brand new key. God, it's an awful song. I don't think they were filling them full of helium back in the day, but anyhow. <laughs> well, you know, I was just I was cleaning and up for the kids. What I'm, what I'm hearing, <laughs> Kev, is – that you like her better when she's lying down than when she's roller skating. Lay down is much more uh, more of a Melanie uh, the so thing that's for something me. That, that's something gets you going more than a roller skate. And I wasn't all she that keen lay, lay down. When she's laid down. Yes, Brian, thank you. Yes, uh, all right, exactly. You filthy old bar. And my number two good is just a good little Australian rock and roll song done by a New Zealand band. Um, that I I just always like this. Summary, it's very simple. Um, it doesn't pretend to be anything. It's not. It's just a straight little three-minute uh, going to see my baby tonight by the Lardy Dars with Kevin Borich uh, and Phil Key, who was the other singer in, in the Lardy Dars at that stage. And this was, oh, as we know, 1972. So they hadn't long come over from uh, from New Zealand. And uh, they'll roar. And uh, this is just, a, I just think, a really great little rock song. So that's my number two good gunner scene, my baby, tonight by the La Di Dars. It's a great song. And um, I was fortunate enough to spend a bit of time with Kevin Burrich after we did the Max Merritt benefit years ago. And what a lovely bloke. He'd had brain cancer and he's, he was top of his game. But the uh, thing I think I love about that. Um, the, the guitar is there's lots of guitar in it, but they're all bits that you can sing. They're all very melodic, and um, the opening bit was "I'm Gonna Love yeah, You." Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I hated it when I first heard it, but then I ended up I heard it so many times I loved it, and I told him that, and he said, um, "Well, you know, we were sitting in the back of a van, and I was taking the piss out of you know." Vegas cabaret guys, yeah, you know, and, and I was being, you know, Marty Sheargold or, you know, not not Marty Sheargold, but, you know, you know, it's been that and he's going, I'm going to love you all night long. And they just thought it was hilarious. So they stuck that on the song. And uh, okay. That, that makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah, so, no, no, it's good. Cool. It's really good. It's a, it's a great pick, Kev. Good little song, that one. Uh, number one, Finey here, Finey's List of Bads, Desiderata by Les Crane and uh, Easy Lovin' by... Freddie Hart, uh, and uh, The Goods, Father and Son by Cat Stevens, and A Hard Rain's Going to Fall by Leon Russell. All right, number three bad, and 
Kudos to you, Kevin. God, you're a beauty. What have I done? Well, I mean, you put a lot of effort into the program, and I'll. But this week, you've to cut and paste to take a song out of the charts, and to cut and paste this in to make us think that this was actually in the charts. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest piss take of all time. You're hilarious. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, it well, was obviously never this real. song this song couldn't be in the top four hundred thousand of popular music. I mean, it couldn't be in the top four million. I mean, if this song fell on you, if you were walking down the street and the sheet music of this fell into your hands, you'd look at it and think, "What a fucking unlucky day this is." <laughs> I hope it's not my number one. Um, gone. What is it? I know, I know that when Doris Crow and Quentin Ratliff and Leslie Welsh and Harold Hedred get together, it's explosive rock and roll. <laughs> and to be honest, given that Doris Crow died last century at the age and, and got to the age of ninety-three, I mean, <laughs> this woman, <laughs> what in the fuck are the mums and dads? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if this came on in the car, you'd you'd smash your radio with a billion cue. There's not a station that would play something this old. Like, you're listening to 3VA, Geriatric Australia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this isn't music. In 1972, apparently got to number two in the charts. And you know why? Because parents had enough of kids and their mod, you know, the Beatles and then the, you know, just Rolling Stones and they said to the kids, F*** you, we're going to get together and we're going to make the worst song ever, the oldest, crappiest song you've ever heard. Yep. There's got no words. It's just, it's it's the sort of elevator music for an elevator. Remember there were elevators that you had to sort of open Mm -hmm. the door yourself and nothing was automatic? Yep. That sort of elevator music. Yep. I mean, this is the music they played while you're waiting for a hot air balloon, not for an aeroplane. It's well, <laughs> it, unbelievable. It is an awful song. It is a dream. But what's it doing in a music chart? It, it, it honestly, honestly, it should be incidental music for funeral homes. It, uh, it well, Brian, Brian's been saying it. It's the top 40 singles. that People went out and bought it, and I, I do remember playing it. Uh, in '73, I started running in '73, and I do remember it being in the in the pile that I got given one day to play and going. The mums, listen to this. The mums and dads were a folk music band from Spokane, Washington, that specialised in waltzes and polkas. <laughs> and for most of their life, even though they were a band, they held down full time jobs because they didn't make enough for music. I mean, this is a joke. Come on. <laughs> Stop taking the piss, Brian uh, and Kevin. Everybody laugh at Finey. Make him believe what? this is a real song. <laughs> well, I would just like to say that I totally disagree with Master Fine, uh, Sir Fine. Um, you know, as a ex-professional ballroom dancer, I played this song this afternoon and I could just feel all the old steps, all the skills and mastery running down from the brain through my fingers into my toes and my legs. And Shit, that understand. medicinal marijuana is good. 
Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, um, but no, look, yeah, look, I, I, I guess it, it got there because of ballroom dancers because, you know, um, you know, ballroom dancing's great and I heard it. I thought, oh, yeah, I could really, you know, do the waltz to this. This is it, – it's, it's, it's quite an easy song to waltz to. So, um, yeah. So, so, so put it in the Aussie Music Club. Yeah, exactly. Good point. I didn't realise they were from. I didn't realise they were from Spokane. I thought they were actually English. There you go. I just thought they were sexy pricks. I didn't. Anyway. I didn't. I didn't put myself through listening to it again. I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But a very okay. good choice is number one. I would have thought. Uh, well done, Finey. What's your number one? Good. All right. This song is. I listened to this song. And I, I swear I almost cried. Um, mm. Now, look, I know Imagine's a great song, but I thought Brian would be all over that like a... Relax. Like a, you're, yeah. you're right. So I'll leave that to Brian. Okay. But this song is so beautiful and then sad because of the story. And there's no surprise that the Karen Carpenter story is called Superstar. Mm. Her voice is so beautiful. Her change of pitch in this is so easy, so natural. How could just a a sort of a a white-bread-looking American girl sing like that? It's too beautiful and too sad, and it's just a beautifully sung song. It's actually a really nice song, so I'm glad glad that it's a nice song. But in the hands of somebody else, it would be not memorable. In her, with her voice, it is epic. I mm, think superstar. I agree. I agree. It's a beautiful song. I, I have rabbited on forever and a day on this program about how how much I love her voice. It's, oh, it's a perfect voice. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And you know, I mean, to have in the chorus the lines "baby, baby, 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 babies" is actually not great writing. But when she sings it, it's just beautiful. I mean, oh, it's very sad. Mm. Kev, yeah, I think, you know, it's all well and good for you to say you've given her a rap on this show. I've given her many a rap on this show. I just wish I'd given her a chicken rap. Oh, stop it, Brian. Uh, Jesus. You know, maybe, maybe we'd be still listening to well, Karen Cub. No, a great choice, uh, Fonny. No, lovely, lovely, lovely song. and be- Yeah, beautifully sung. And you're right, and it is. It's, it's hard not to uh, – almost any song she does, but – that one is one song when you do listen to it, you do tear up a bit because it it, um, it does hit home that she's not. Yeah, even even shit songs like "Calling Astronauts" for Minter Status Best. Yeah, the way she sings it, it's okay. Yeah, but you know, if you got somebody else singing that, it'd be ter- dreadful. So yeah, I'm really glad that she's made your number one, um, Thorny. And I won't take long here because you're right. Imagine is my number one. Um, Apologise to Steve or Kevin, whoever that was, reckons it's overrated, but um, mm, I love it. Strange. Uh, and um, oh, look, I just thought we'd all have this as our number one worst. Finally, had a disease number three, but Desiderata by Les Crane. My God, man, what <laughs> the hell drugs did you take? That made you think this was a good idea. It's you are a child of the universe. 
It's, it's it's like you take acid and try to get a root or something. It's just no, you it's dreadful. Anyone anyone sprouting off the stuff that he was sprouting off, you're not getting sex. I'm sorry, that's the last thing you're getting. Oh, look, I remember somebody gave my mum this album. I think he's trying to hit on my mum, and it was called the sky or the ocean or something. What the drug was? This, uh, no, the the, the, the album. album. Oh, and it was a, it was a it was a Make out album, oh, and it's God. like you know, you know, it had dialogue like, No one's ever really understood me. I look up and I see the stars, help me grab them, help me, help God. me. And it was just like, Oh, mum, stop it. <laughs> I'm feeling creepy about this, but anyway, what, what I felt was on that- the B side of Desiderata? There's a Dorata. He's shopping list. <laughs> yeah. oh, Death Cafe yeah. coffee. <laughs> Three bananas. Uh, a bag of oranges. Dreadful. Yes. It is a very bad right. song. I, I'll be interested to hear what your number one bad is going to be, Kev, because if it's not Desiderata. No, it's not. Right. It's not. Oh. It's, Daddy, it's uh, it's my number one bad. My number one good is uh, is Maggie May and Reason to Believe by Rod Stewart. I just loved that album. Was a massive Rod Stewart fan at that time. Had listened to all the Gasoline Alley Bread and all the other stuff. And then when Maggie May came out, I went wow, um, and and just loved that song. Played it to death before I got into radio, and then was happy to play it on the radio as well. Um, very big Rod Stewart fan from that period. He lost me a bit uh, when he, you know, went to America and did a lot of that stuff. But that gasoline alley bread stuff and some of the the early uh, early material I really loved, and the faces stay with me and stuff like that. So Maggie Mays, my number one good, my number one bad is a is a bloke who was he was born in England, but he finished up living here. Uh, came out here after this. This was a massive hit here and in England and nowhere else. Hardly had another hit record of any description. Did cover versions and albums full of cover songs um, for for a few years, and then went and lived in Perth and uh, and, and passed away there about uh, I think nearly ten years ago. It's a bloke by the name of Dave Mills, and it's "Love Is a Beautiful Song." Now I've, I hated the song from the minute I heard it. My mother used to love it. Uh, and it was one of those ones that, oh, when it came, mum would turn the radio up and I'd be going, oh, Jesus, can you turn that crap off? Big ballady kind of Tom Jonesy, Engelbert, Humperdinck. Love is a beautiful song. Brian Mannix type song. Uh, <laughs> Brian Mannix, Kevin Borich type song, uh, you know, that they would always sing, you know, backstage. It'd be the one they'd break into. And then today, I I was uh, I thought I'll listen to it again just to see that it is as bad as my memory tells me, and it was. And then I found a YouTube clip of him done uh, about ten years ago in Perth when he's about seventy eight or something, in a pub in Perth called the Mighty Quinn, where he gets up and the, they play the backing music and he sings "Love Is a Beautiful Song." Well, he sings it brilliantly. He sings it better than he does on the actual recorded version. It's not as punsy as it is on the recorded version. And there's there's a cutaway to a woman. It's in a pub. And while he's singing, you can see in the in the YouTube video, people walking past with their coffees and their meals and a bloke pointing to one table going, come over, come and get your, you know, your parmesanas ready. Parmesanas well, ready. Rather than do that on the loudspeaker, they were just kind of pulling people over going, yeah, come over here. And it was only a little small pub. And – 
to the to the right of his shoulder where he's singing, and he's singing beautifully, and he's you know looked looked sort of he looked every bit of his seventy eight years, uh, but but there's a woman sitting at a table, and she's sort of looking as if to go, what's this? And then at the end of it, he's finished, and uh, the the crowd you know gives him big and then and you can see because uh, I can lip read reasonably well, and she looks at the woman next to her and goes, that was nice. Who's he? <laughs> then she stares over, and he's standing on stage. And he's going, "Have you have you heard that one before? Have you?" Um, it was just well, it made it made me both have, laugh out loud and and feel sad because I thought, "Here's a bloke who's had this massive hit, and here he is at seventy eight years of age singing in a pub in Perth um, because he still can and and obviously yeah, trying to pull a route. Still enjoy- no, I don't, now, interestingly, don't that pub was. in Perth, yeah, the mighty Quinn, yeah. That is not named after the song. Is it named after the the Manfred Mann song? No. No. Okay. No. One of my favourite Manfred Mann songs. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Do you know what it's named after? No. Is it not a footballer or something? No, no. WA's greatest ever harness horse. Is it right? Yeah, the mighty Quinn won, I think, a couple of Inter-Dominions, won like four WA pacing championships. So they named a pub after a pacing horse. Oh yeah, it's, it's one of the greatest horses of all time. The oh okay, Queen. I'll bring up its record if you got a second. Yeah, I I wasn't aware of that as a um, I think it was just a, I thought it was a good name for a pub. I figured it was probably a an English sort of based kind of pub. To be honest, good list. Well, this that's week, interesting boy. actually, because uh, the exploding dick up here in. Um just off from Cavill Avenue. Um, Why does that surprise I, I, I thought that would be a English pub, but it's actually it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> really? It's a, it's um it's a science based pub, and um, you know, there's lots of pictures of lungs and three D um, lungs and plastics there. And that's there. the one with the children's playroom at the back. <laughs> Well, that's right. The children get to play with yards of plastic yeah. intestines, yeah. so they get to know the human body, and it's it's a be- it's a beautiful. Yeah, 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 it's got that special kids menu. Yeah. Sometimes I should just shut up. <laughs> the exploding, mate. Uh, if there was a pub in Cavill Avenue called the Exploding Dick, I would not be in the least bit surprised. Wow. How's this for a record? Is Mighty Quinn? Well, it's called. It was called I'm the Mighty Quinn. Oh, okay. Three into Dominions. That's not bad. That's pretty impressive. That's pale face Adios territory. Yeah. I mean, three on three into Dominions, three times Australian hardness horse of the year. Um at WA Pacing Cup. Um he won geez, he was good. Um Oh, I can't get through his old record here, but bloody hell, God, he was a good horse. There you go. Well, I named a pub after him. That doesn't happen very often. Well, maybe. I'm only guessing. Well, it's a good story. Don't ruin a good story with facts, Viney. Yeah. And it, and if you go to the Mighty Quinn pub, the beer tastes like horse piss, so that's probably a <laughs> tribute. So with that as the theme, don't go to the exploding dick on Cavill Avenue. Uh, and on that note, we'll... <laughs> the, the Brandy Alexander's a beautiful old <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Problem, there's a problem with the beer. The keg must be off. It, it's all head. What's going on here? 
Um, yeah. The pipes. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> the, the pipes. We we got to clean the pipes. <laughs> oh God! All Finally. right. You blokes need to go and do something with your lives, for goodness sake. Uh, have a nice week at, uh, at Lenny's Fine Foods, Mr. Fine. I will. Thank you Good for you our get. fabulous story. And he, 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 Well, he might be less dead next week. They might dig him up again. Who knows what will happen. Yeah, we'll try and keep Curtis Bosch in the ground. I'll, yeah, we'll come f- up with another, I'll come up with another story. And I just want to leave you with this mm-hmm. from this week's Top 40. Oh, yeah? I've got a feeling... It's not a bad song, of course. Not this is a cover version, but I don't, you know, if you know that song "Mammy Blue" by Joel Day. Oh, mammy. Yeah. Oh, mammy, mammy blue. Oh, mammy blue. I think you might find it was Daddy, not Mammy. That's just what I'm thinking. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And on that note, we will finish. Uh, See you, Finey. See you, Brian. Take care. There you go. God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless you, Lucy. Hope you're feeling better. Table for five at the exploding dick. (laughs) You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.